Welcome to the Future of Medicine podcast, where we believe that feeling great and living a long time is possible and that your healthcare should help you get there. I'm your host, Dr. Aaron Wenzel. My hope is simple, that this show will help you along your journey to becoming the healthiest, strongest, and most powerful version of you possible. Now, let's jump into the show. Hey, everybody. Before we jump into the show, I am beyond excited for you to kind of dig through this. This is um, a friend of mine, and we talk a lot about weight training for women. Um, interestingly, we, we discover <laughs> she started this whole journey of being a, a fit boss that's almost 20 years in the making in a middle school uh, because of a guidance counselor in order to help her deal with her own stress. Um, we also learn about how as a society, we have really put women at a disadvantage in terms of how they think about weight training and fitness in general. We're also going to dig into the top benefits of weight training and it's not weight loss and all the science behind that also give you the criteria that you're going to need in order to determine whether you need a trainer and then more importantly, if you decide you need one, what you need to be looking for in selecting yours. So I hope you enjoy the show. Let's jump in. Hey, everybody. Welcome to this episode of the Future of Medicine podcast. I am very excited uh, to bring on our next guest. She's a dear friend of mine. Uh, her name is Brandy Binkley. She's a veteran in the exercise and wellness industry. She's been an exercise physiologist and a coach for over 18 years. She has her master's degree in exercise physiology and is certified by the National Strength and Conditioning Association. She's been internationally recognized as a health and fitness expert and has been on the spotlight of many publications for both vision and forward thinking in the industry. Uh, she's one of only three, one, two, three, three women in the world that have ever received the prestigious National Strength and Conditioning Personal Trainer of the Year Award and was selected recently in 2017 to help rewrite the U.S. Army Combat Fitness Program. No big deal. She's also a very successful uh, trainer, has a training and performance center here in Nashville. She's a dear friend of mine. Please welcome Brandy Binkley. Thanks for having me on, Dr. <laughs> Wenzel. I'm excited to be here. This uh, topic um, is something that I underestimated beginning uh, as, a, as a private physician. The, the lack of awareness or insight or clarity that women have around the benefits of strength training is really shocking to me. Certainly, we're going to dig into that topic, and it's multifactorial, and there are a lot of uh, winds and influences that um, created the current state of the union. But I really am excited to get your brain as somebody who's, for nearly two decades, this is all you do. Um, and you have some men, but aren't they mostly women? Uh, we're actually in the business, on the brick-and-mortar side, we're about 50-50. 50-50. Yeah, but notoriously, my personal business yeah. is been so women. like private personal mm -hmm. clients tend mm -hmm. to be women right that Typically makes sense women. um and so anyway I'm, I'm really excited to, to jump into this but before we do can you spend a couple of minutes just telling everybody kind of who you are where you're from how you got into fitness and some of the things that you're super excited about yeah so um i actually got into fitness um as a middle schooler <laughs> it was around the eighth grade that i was 
uh, in the guidance counselor's office at school with a group of other kids who were being given tools to help them cope with alcoholic parents. And exercise was one of the tools that they said would help us de-stress and manage our emotions with parents that we could not control, you know, where we couldn't control the situation. And so for me, exercise started there. And so I had a really early introduction into the benefits, mostly psychological Mm -hmm. at the time, benefits of exercise. Hmm. And so as a young woman, I was given the tools uh, well before, you know, most of my friends, you know, by the time I got to college, this was the time that girls started to really get into exercising just, and it was more social than anything else. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, that was, that was really the first intro. And then I became more passionate about it at the older I got. Um, and I would say from that middle school time to let's say beginning of college, it really was my way to cope with a really stressful home Mm -hmm. and, um, just life in general. Mm -hmm. And so it was the earliest coping mechanism. It was your safe place. It was my safe place. Mm -hmm. And I realized quickly how good it made me feel. And it was almost like you take the power back, you know? So for mm-hmm. me, that's what it did. And um, so as I progressed on um, in college, I always lifted weights. All of my girlfriends would go do the aerobics classes, step classes and things like that. And I was always in the weight room. And um, it was funny because they would come get me before we would walk back to the dorms. And they would always say, Brandy, you look exhausted. And I'm mm-hmm. looking at them going, y'all look like you haven't done anything. <laughs> <laughs> um, and they would always say, too, you know, how do you how do you keep your weight off? And it was just obviously the weight training um, when they were doing cardio, you know, or walking, mm-hmm. things like that. And I was always in it, hitting the weights. So mm-hmm. I loved it from an early age. I had, um, although it was really kind of faux pas at the time, I had some early female uh, I don't want to call them idols, but women that that I looked up to yeah. who were in the bodybuilding and fitness world. You gravitated towards Definitely these did. powerful women. For sure. Mm-hmm. And uh, who were really, it was almost uh, just mind-boggling how they could transform their bodies mm-hmm. on such a big level. It was, it was so different than looking at, you know, looking at an oxygen magazine or a muscle and fitness hers was definitely mm-hmm. way different than looking at, you know, a cosmopolitan or a self magazine or allure, whatever they are, you mm-hmm. know, any of the mainstream ones. And so I was always fascinated by that. So you think intuitively or just by your nature, you always kind of gravitated towards that display of powerful femininity, maybe? For, for sure. Yeah. Well, because it gave me the power back as a young mm-hmm. child. You really resonated with mm-hmm. that. So for me, it was psychological. First. First. And as I got older, I realized quickly that for most people it starts out as superficial, but even our clients that we work with daily, it's absolutely psychological mm-hmm. because people are people come to the business because they want help and they want to be able to move better or they have a pain they're trying to fix or they just want to look better. That's what they say to us, mm-hmm. but the reality is there's a lot of stuff going on there that's way deeper than they can even articulate mm-hmm. and exercise forces us to go to those places yep. um, where they're not forced to go to if they're just, you know, out walking around the walking track or whatever. 
My mind is spinning right now. Um, <laughs> number one, I'm tickled that I've known you for almost 10 years, and I did not know that part of your story. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's that, just trying to fit that into everything, the context. But this is um, perfectly in line with my overall thesis around the benefits of exercise and fitness. Um, and although weight management slash weight loss is on that list, it's not number one. No. And the challenge that most people have is that we are inundated by a uh, nutritional science, dietetics, the fitness industry, and frankly, an entire medical community that has completely punted the talk of weight loss to the private sector. We take no responsibility to learn about it or come up with strategies to help people. We say, go to Weight Watchers if you need to lose weight, eat less, exercise more. That's the universal response everybody gets that wants to lose weight. There's nothing about that that makes somebody who's struggling with weight feel good. Um, And so they pursue their weight loss journey at the gym. Almost universally, that's where people go. But, And one of the reasons you and I connected so early on on a deep level is we have both a deep passion and, and concern for our clients, but we also understand what fitness is. Yes, it's part of a healthy lifestyle. It's part of weight management. It's part of your weight loss strategy. But to say that's what it's for is a slap in the face. I mean, mm-hmm. I have always believed that it's the the physiologic response that you get from challenging your body, your muscles, your nervous system is is an experience physiologically like you feel it. Mm-hmm. And that feeling can manifest as emotional stress management. It can be just a great outlet. It can be, I just have more energy. The harder I work, the more energy I have. Mm -hmm. And you work your way into the weight benefits, but it's like a byproduct of all the goodness. But it starts with like the mind, the spirit, the soul connecting with physical challenges. You know, we are created to be in motion, powerful, strong creatures. And we need this type of engagement to feel alive. So I love that out of the gate, that's what you're saying. Like, I, I will stop talking, but I was just <laughs> listening to you and thinking like, man, this is exactly um, what I believe and, and um, I think people need to hear. When you think about the, the research that's done on BDNF, or brain brain derived neuro, neurotropic oh. factor, mm-hmm. which occurs when we uh, when we get up in the morning within the first hour if we participate in anywhere from studies have shown anywhere from ten to twenty minutes of moderate to vigorous and that's different for everyone mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. Um, ac- activity mm-hmm. that our cognitive levels are increased exponentially throughout the day, mm-hmm. and so we actually get smarter. And it's because of many things, right? Because we've given our brains and our bodies fresh flow of blood that's it's pumping faster. You're getting more nutrients and things are – you're moving. And so your brain's being challenged early on. But also 
it's the feeling of accomplishment mm-hmm. that you did something good for yes. yourself first thing. Yep. Sets the tone. It sets the pace and the tone for your mm-hmm. day. So, I mean, when you were talking about that and the psychological benefits, I think about the BDNF is like it, it's something I've been super interested in in the last you know year or so. Well, and the other hormones, I mean, we're, we're created to wake up. And really, the neurohormonal environment, once we're awake, is mm-hmm. really primed for our peak um, physical energy outlay. Mm-hmm. Our testosterone is highest. Our growth hormone is highest. All of our neurohormonal environment is ready for physical fitness. And we have the least amount of distractions. And it's the it's, it, I, I've been spending a lot of time about this particular debate. I don't talk a lot about it, but about is there an optimal time to actually work out? And I... I'm still formulating my opinions on that and my thesis on that, but it sure seems to be that the earlier hours by design are most beneficial. Mm -hmm. Um, Let's talk about what I see as the number one myth of uh, weight, weight training. We're not talking about exercise and cardio. I'm specifically wanting to talk to you today about why women need to do resistant resistance training. With weights, but this um, is one podcast. I know we have so many reasons. I know, so we're, <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna begin and end. We're gonna dial it in, yeah. <laughs> and, if, and if there's enough uh, there, we, we can certainly do follow up episodes, and that's not a, a challenge. But what's the biggest myth around women lifting weight uh, weights, and that it's not good for them? Um, what would you see as that? Well, I think it it comes back to something that we had discussed uh, earlier. Um, today, which was gender coding and how we, as a society, um, have really set women back when it comes to strength training because there are all these ideas around that's what the men do. And it's really, it really does come from primitive times, if you think about it. Um, You know, early on in our society, um, we have always had social roles, Mm -hmm. you know, and the social roles really were for men to be the more active. They were the gatherers, the hunters, Mm -hmm. and um, women were more the nurturers. And and the the roles were just so different, I think. So I truly believe some of it's rooted in that. But as we have evolved and and continued to evolve, and, you know, with all this wonderful research we have, we see that um, gender coding, really there's no place for it if we're to be healthy individuals and healthy, healthy humans and specifically, Mm -hmm. you know, healthy women, um, that we aren't going to gain large amounts of huge musculature. Yes. And that it's, it's physiologically impossible. It's hormonally Mm -hmm. impossible. I mean, when you can speak to that, no, no, I mean, the biggest fear I get is, well, I don't want to get too buff. Come on. We hear that all the time. (laughs) And the truth is that women can actually increase their strength. Mm-hmm. Just as much on a percentage scale, just as much, sometimes if not more than men because they don't have a history of weight training. So if you put a male and a female in a, a weight room who are doing the same program, the women will actually get stronger faster because typically they oh, don't really? have a history of strength training. Mm-hmm. Whereas the men have, you know, typically they've done youth sports. They've sure. done some kind of time in the weight room, um, some something that has given them a base. But the men have larger muscle fibers. So, of course, their muscle and, and way thighs, more muscle growing hormones and way more muscle growing hormones. So it's it's just physiologically impossible for the female to get the same look from sure. the strength gains than the male. would. Unless we're talking about 
anabolic steroids of and course. super physiologic, irresponsible, scary, dangerous stuff. Of course, which is that is a thing. It's totally, a but thing. that is not it's what, not what we're about. Uh, the the woman who's interested in getting healthy. Um, typically does not go that route. No. Right? But they also typically don't go the weightlifting route, which they should. Yeah, because they go into weight training saying, I want a flatter tummy, tighter thighs, uh, tighter arms. I want to feel strong and powerful, but I don't want to be buff. And then they go to the treadmill. Yes. Which is the worst decision (laughs) that they can make. None of those goals are going to be reached. No. Um, They might get on a, a, a stair climber, which gets us somewhat on the right track, but it's still nothing compared to pushing and pulling against weight. Well, absolutely. And that really ties into the health piece of it too, right? Increasing load and putting force on the joint Mm -hmm. um, by pushing the muscle with Which is what they're designed to do. Is what we're designed to do. That is what protects us Mm long-term. I mean, from burning more calories at rest to staying leaner longer, to staying injury-free longer, to preventing disease. All of those mm-hmm. things are tied up with that, and you don't get that on a treadmill. Yeah, so l- let's let's transition into what are the facts. So, like, help me and our listeners understand um, what are the things that weight training actually has been shown to help women with? What are the specifics? Uh, the top ones that come to mind for, for me, and um, we can I'll reference the, the research here um, by uh, – this. you can find this on Fisher Pub, and I know you're going to attach these to the to Yeah, the those, notes. this will all be in the show notes. Um, so increased strength, obviously, being able to do more longer, um, neuromuscular coordination, uh, resistance to injury – decreasing body fat, uh, specifically whether you're working on the core or not, decreasing unhealthy belly fat Mm -hmm. um, because the body is a whole machine, right? So if I'm working legs, if I'm lifting with legs, if I'm doing loaded squats or loaded lunges or loaded step-ups, and when I say loaded, I mean more than your body weight. Underweight, underload. Underload. You experience a total system effect, not just the legs. So people think, well, I don't want to, I didn't come here to work legs. I came to here, I came here to get a flat tummy. Yeah, but your body doesn't burn fat in a particular location. Exactly. It burns global fat. Exactly. Yeah. Well, we like to load the legs. We work the legs in the back the most for health reasons, but also because big muscles, big muscles, it requires more energy, mm-hmm. which burns more calories. Yeah. Um, it's also been shown to assist in the decrease of fatty deposits of cardiac and mm-hmm. cardiac tissue. Mm-hmm. Um, as well as uh, decreasing, obviously, I mean, that's kind of the long line of decreasing heart disease for women, which is one of the number one killers of women. So, Which one? Heart disease. Uh, it's not one of them. It it's is the, the. Yeah. yeah. The doctor spin on that is women need to lift weights if they want the best shot to decrease cardiovascular disease, mm-hmm. obesity, all obesogenic diseases, metabolic diseases, diabetes, um, it decreases risk of depression, anxiety, insomnia. It also prevents uh, uh, brittle bone type fractures and early death in older women who are postmenopausal, like from osteoporosis. Um, it's a big, big, big 
big, mm-hmm. big deal. Well, I'm glad you touched on the depression piece, too. Um, that's where I was headed next, mm-hmm. is that it is the number one treatment, not strength training, right, only, but exercise, exercise. in general is 100%. the number one treatment for depression. It's not a – there's no – there's nothing there, there's nothing in the world that touches it like you moving your own body yep. and increasing those positive hormones and uh, from where, whether it's, and you can put names to all these, but whether it's feel-good hormones or it's actual um, muscle stimulus hormones, whatever it is, they're all produced by strength training. Well, we have been designed to be in motion. Yeah. We, we from head to toe, we are joints and hinges with muscles and ligaments and tendons that pull and push to move us through life, physically moving through space, and everything improves with motion. Uh, The other end of that spectrum is true, too. When you don't move, everything gets worse. For sure. A body that is not moving is a body that won't be on the planet much longer. you You are mapping an early exit if you don't move. This is why if you have surgery on your knee or your hip, uh, within hours, the post-surgical nursing team is putting a shot collar on you, getting you moving. <laughs> yeah. It seems inhumane, but if you lay up in the bed, mm-hmm. you're going to get a blood clot. You're going to get pneumonia. Mm-hmm. You're going to get a UTI. You're going to, you've got to get moving. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, and so when you look at the spectrum of moving, facilitating healing, it could be as simple as. When we talk about mental health benefits, a walk in the park. Uh, For sure. What if I don't have a park? Okay. Walk to the end of the street. Okay. Or intense adding intensity to that Mm -hmm. with the ideal being resistance training Mm -hmm. really is loading, spring loading your designed musculoskeletal system Mm -hmm. to both respond to what you're doing, but also the downstream after the workouts long over reap all of the unbelievable Mm -hmm. benefits. The afterburn that we talked about. Serotonin, dopamine, growth hormone, testosterone, insulin sensitivity, gut health. These are all things that are fueled by you moving with intention. Mm -hmm. And um, I just think that can't be overstated. When I think... um Oftentimes when we talk about why you need to do this or when, when even physicians are talking to their patients about you need to exercise or you need to do X, Y, and Z, I want to speak for just a moment to that person who knows what it feels like to move mm-hmm. and exercise and put their body under a certain amount of physical stress and then is unable to, those are the people who really understand mm-hmm. the psychological benefits of it, right? Because when they've been able to do it for a while and then for some reason, maybe the, it's a surgery or whatever, they're not able to operate at their normal mm-hmm. capacity. They truly feel what those of you know, I don't want to say us because that's not me and you, but the people out there in the world who are not doing anything. I mean, can you imagine how I've always heard people say when they've lost a lot of weight, I didn't know how miserable I was. Oh yeah. I didn't know what I was missing. Many people walk around with pain, trauma, suffering, and they're so used to it being their norm. Mm -hmm. They don't Mm -hmm. know what they're capable of. So that too speaks to the, 
When we say load, we talk about under load or more than body weight. But the reality is that there are a lot of people who, if they're not used to doing any kind of strength training, they've never done it before. Doing a body weight squat would be load for them. 100%. Right? Because I just want to kind of clear yeah. that for, for people listening because it's it's subjective depending on where you've been. Yeah, and where you are. And where you are and mm-hmm. where you want to go. Yeah. Well, that 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 is a... That is something that I believe deeply in. I, 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 one of the most common questions I get is, Dr. Wenzel, what is the best blank to achieve blank? <laughs> so what's the best diet to lose weight? What's the best diet to grow muscles? What's the best w- whatever? Yeah. And there are a lot of uh, fanatical, religious-like thinking and teaching around different topics, but but the, but the challenge is it really depends on what the patient's goal is. For sure, you have to reverse engineer the mm-hmm. goal. I don't know what the best diet is for you. What are your goals? Now, if I can see you, I could extrapolate and assume Mm -hmm. what some of your goals are. Now, if you tell me, Doc, I am a diabetic and I don't move much and I have the goal of dropping 20% body fat and having a total body transformation, I'm going to give you an opinion based on your goals and I'm going to say, well, how how much time are you giving yourself? Mm -hmm. Because if you're giving yourself... A year, that's different than saying it's got to happen within three months. For sure. Which then ties me into why. Why is this a must? Why, mm-hmm. why do you need to make these changes? Because if you don't have good reasons, this is what we call New Year's resolutions. Sure. And they last three seconds and then they're gone. Well, and also, where where are you starting? Like, mm-hmm. what have you been doing? Yeah. Have because you done this before and it worked? Yes. Have yeah. you done it before and it failed? Do you have a bend? Do you have a palate? Do you have things you like to do already? Can we leverage anything that you already like? Mm-hmm. The point is, is that it matters. The details matter. Mm-hmm. And um, th- there isn't a perfect exercise recipe for every woman. There is not a perfect weight training plan for every woman. It depends on the woman, mm-hmm. where she's at, and where does she want to go. And then somebody skilled and talented enough to make a plan for her to get there injury-free in a reasonable amount of time, managing expectations, being there to coach and mentor along the way. No different than we would teach a, a, a 12-year-old girl how to become a civil engineer. You, you have an idea where she is. You know what it takes to be one. And you mentor her along the way. And at different levels, she needs you to be different things. It's the same thing in the weight training. I think what gets really confusing, though, in society, especially in America today, is that, unfortunately, in my industry, there's no regulation at all. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, that's a whole topic in itself. But there's no regulation. So society does not yet have a good grasp on what to look for, who to seek out for help. So if mm-hmm. I, if, if you have a patient, it, well, patients know, right? When, when I'm sick, I know where to go. If I'm not feeling well, I know where to go. You call me. I call you. <laughs> <laughs> it has, it has happened. <laughs> um, I call you. So I, I know that, but with our world, it's like, oh, well, goodness, I guess I could just go, 
you know, there's this girl I know who has a really great body. She's probably doing something right. I could trust her. Yet I've had knee surgery. I've had hip injury. I've had two children. You know, all these things. Um, So it's really important. Everyone's a coach. Everyone's a coach. And so it's really important that that we seek out the the right help. Well, we're going to talk a little bit about how somebody would actually go about seeking out help. Um, are you aware of any powerful studies, any things that you like to lean on when you're talking about health benefits for women lifting weights? Uh, it's okay if you don't, I was just curious if there are some go-to like for me, for example, if somebody says, Hey, what can you show me the data to back up? your claims that testosterone therapy for men is super healthy or not risky. Oh yeah. Well here, why don't you start with these nine Mm -hmm. that are, I think are the best. Then let's talk about them. And there's usually no conversation other than how have I never known this? And when can I start? Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Do you have those kind of like pillar super important studies that you like to lean on or? Yeah. Most of the ones that I love and we actually, um, we weigh heavily on these and lean heavily on these uh, in my in my business, and those are typically from the Journal of Strength and Conditioning Research, which is put out by the National Strength and Conditioning Association. Okay, and um, so is that for professionals only, or can somebody anyone can access okay. it? You can get a lot of those on uh, Google Scholar, mm-hmm. and you can just search Journal of Strength and Conditioning. Mm-hmm. But you can also go to the NSCA website. Mm-hmm. It's just uh, www.nsca.com. Mm-hmm. And so they they have a ton of research. They've been the longest standing um, organization for research when it comes to movement mm-hmm. in the world, and um, put out some some really great content. There is one specifically that speaks to me about the effects of combined strength and endurance training for women um, that was uh, published just a few years ago. That talks a lot about the benefits of. Um, adding your strength program in, in addition to your endurance because most people start with endurance because mm-hmm. it's the easier, low approachable option, yeah. right? You, you don't need a coach to go walk on a treadmill. You don't need mm-hmm. professional help to go get on a step mm-hmm. mill or on a, a it's bike. It's the start where you are. It's the start where you are. Um, but they've used a lot of this research to show that not only when, when women start exercising with weights, when they start utilizing load, they exercise longer. Mm-hmm. They exercise injury free, mm-hmm. and so if they've been, oftentimes they've been moving through um, injuries because they were runners. They didn't do strength training, or they've done these cardio activities and sustain and have sustained some injuries. But when back the problems with the injuries, and so uh, like a common one I can give you an example of is um, is uh, problems with the feet. Um, and problems with the hips, so like my hips tight or my back hurts, which typically come from untrained posterior chain, right? Mm-hmm. So once they start training that chain, everything in all the issues in the chain resolve itself. So once they start adding load to it, so that okay. could be a squat, that could be mm-hmm. a lunge, something like that. So I can imagine for the women who are listening to this, who are saying, you know, this makes a lot of sense. I need to integrate this into my life, but you just drop some science on us. Like that's a lot for a woman to kind of think about. (laughs) Is there a way that you, if you were meeting somebody and hitting it off and they're like, gosh, Brandy, can you just, 
is is there a way to think about this in a one, two, three, just how would you tell a woman who, when it comes to weight, generally feels overwhelmed, weight training, generally feels kind of overwhelmed with the topic, doesn't want some sweaty buff dude (laughs) named Kevin to come and like, it just, all of that just seems intimidating and overwhelming. Yeah. How does she dip her toe into the weight training world? Is there, is there a one, two, three kind of way that you would say, start here, do this, then get to here? If they're wanting to hire a coach Mm -hmm. and they know they don't, step one is, do you want to work with a male or female? If you're Mm -hmm. uncomfortable working with Kevin. (laughs) Sorry, Kevin. (laughs) And Kevin, if you have a spaghetti string uh, tank top on, we're not starting the workout program with you. (laughs) Um, It's a separate lesson. Yeah, I would say, and honestly, don't assume that someone knows what they're talking about because they look good. Oh, that's good. Unfortunately, that's not always the case. Mm-hmm. Now, that's kind of a, a double-edged sword, too. It is. Right? Because the proof is often in the pudding. But also, they don't need to be super – they don't have to be super ripped to know what they're talking about. And mm-hmm. to, I know some wonderful coaches who personally may have a little more body fat than they'd like, but mm-hmm. they're working on themselves. And yep. they're – We're all on very, a journey. We're all on a journey, and mm-hmm. they're very bright. Um, my – personal opinion on the second step would be find someone who has some academic experience, uh, meaning that they have pursued a degree in either exercise science, health and human performance, or kinesiology, because typically these people are students of the game. Mm -hmm. They've studied biomechanics. They understand the system of levers. Mm -hmm. They understand what load is and what force application is. And those are important because that's not your job to understand as mm-hmm. a client. You know, and it's you don't have time to go pursue a degree in exercise physiology. Right. But you're wanting to hire help. You need to make sure you pay someone. So more than just somebody who knows how to string together four exercises Absolutely. and call it a workout. Absolutely. But it's a very thoughtful mm-hmm. exercise. It's a very and thoughtful the, the exercise. The science behind it all. Yes. And that's the third one is if you ever ask, if you're with a coach and you ask them, why am I doing this? And they can't answer you. It's the wrong coach. Mm-hmm. If they don't know why, mm-hmm. um, it's the wrong coach. Oh, that's good. Yeah. It needs to have science applied to it. So does everyone need a trainer? No. So do you- Not everyone, but I think every not a consistent trainer. How about that? So how would a woman know if she needs one? If she has, if she's uncomfortable going by to the herself. gym by herself. Uh-huh. I like that. Yep. If she's uncomfortable going to the gym by herself, if she needs accountability- and if she is uh, has ever had surgery or sustained an injury that still ails her, those would be my my big markers. And then, let's say she decides, you know, I don't think I need to get a trainer. Okay. That particular woman is probably off to the races and probably going to be okay. Yeah. I want to add something to yeah, the injury piece. When I say injury, I don't – when people in my world say injury, others assume it means orthopedic. I don't mean that. I mean if you have a diagnosis of PCOS, if you have a diagnosis of diabetes something or medical. heart disease, something medical, uh-huh. that also would require – because you're on medications typically that yep. have contraindications to exercise. Right. You need an expert who knows – and I do say expert – for a reason, right? Mm-hmm. If we're on cardiac medications, you don't need to be working with Susie around the corner who learned how to work out on YouTube. Right. Right? 
Yeah, just regurgitating workouts that yes. she sees that she likes. Yes, it can put you in a very unsafe situation. I think that can't be overstated enough. I think that there are – if you have medical conditions that re- are requiring pharmaceuticals to control them, you at least need either a physician or a qualified trainer who understands how to navigate – fitness training with heart disease, with diabetes, with depression meds, Mm -hmm. at least looking at the medication list and your surgical history to understand if there are anything, if there's anything that would impact or influence the way that they train you. And I think that's super underrated Mm -hmm. Um, and and something that even if it was a singular consultation it's something that needs to be if you have if you take medication yes um so let's focus more about the woman who's like there is no way i'm going to go lift weights by myself (laughs) and if i'm going to ever do this it's going to have to map through some sort of personal trainer or instructor or coach what are the criteria that like you would tell a woman who couldn't use you but in her hometown, she could go find that person. Like, here's how you find her. Here's the things that are going to be really important. I know you kind of a little bit touched on it, but like really trying to drill down on the. Yeah. I would go. How, lar- do they, how do they find their person? I would largely go on. Um, does this person have a proven track record oh, of good. success with clients? Are they hard to get into? <laughs> mm-hmm. If it's hard to get on their book, they're probably pretty good. Uh-huh. Um, But also, do they have, if they don't have a degree, do they at least have a certification from the National Strength and Conditioning Association or from an organization like ACSM, which which is the American College of Sports Medicine? Those are definitely the two most highly valued in the industry, and they don't just give out certifications. Mm -hmm. There are less desirable ones that require you to know very little to get started. And so I would just make sure that their credentials are good, that you seek out someone with a great reputation who has client base with, when I say proven results, I don't mean weight loss because oftentimes like I've had it happen to me before where I've had clients who they're not losing weight, but I can't control what they do Mm -hmm. in the other 23 hours a day that they're outside of the gym. Right. And so it's not the coach's responsibility to get the client to lose weight. The coach is not feeding them. The coach is not feeding. Them that's right. And making sure they don't consume seven glasses of wine before bed. Yes, exactly. And that they're actually sleeping. All the things. <laughs> yeah. It's over 90% yeah. the things that happen outside of your time with your trainer that determine weight loss. Oh, for, for sure. They're yeah. just giving you the tools. It's up to you to use mm-hmm, them. Mm-hmm. But when they have a proven track record of, um, when I say client success, I don't necessarily mean weight loss. I mean someone who is still inspired to exercise years after. And continues to pay them and, and train with them. And continues to train with them, yes. Yeah. So clearly they're getting some need met. Yes. You may not be aware of it if it's not aesthetically obvious. Yes. Um, but as we did a good job, I think, identifying early, like, the weight loss is down the road it's, as far as like the list of benefits. For sure. I mean, it, mm-hmm. it takes, you know, we have people who want to get their body fat tested every two weeks. And I'm just going, okay, two weeks. I need time. That pizza needs time to show up <laughs> on your body. It doesn't show up overnight. Yeah, no. And and the 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 further along the, the spectrum that you're mapping towards health, 
the harder it is to see measurable change in fat mobilization. It gets harder and harder to mobilize fat the mm-hmm. less you have. You know, if, if you've got 190 pounds of fat on your body, yeah, you could probably, and you were working really hard, you're probably sure. going to see it melt. Oh, for sure. Your body is happy to let you burn that off. Yes. But if you've got your proverbial last 20 pounds, mm-hmm. that's it tough. That takes tough. serious heat. heat. It takes a lot of effort and a lot of discipline with your mm-hmm. diet. Um, and it's hard not, to get that inferno started inside. And it's not going to happen in the gym. No, it's not going to happen in the Without gym. Without great weight training. Yes, yes. As part of the right dietary strategy. Yes, it will not happen with cardio, though. It cannot. No, no, cardio is the most overrated thing on the planet, which is a totally another episode. Yes. Well, and the truth is, if you're lifting heavy enough, you're getting your cardio in. Listen. Would you agree? I, I need to shoot a <laughs> short video with like a GoPro looking at my watch while I do deadlifts. Yes. Oh, my goodness. I don't drop below sure. 150 for like an hour. No, and the beautiful rate. thing about that is the heart rate increase with the heart rate recovery. The and the variability. Rate, yes, the variability. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is another really interesting – it's a much more technical fitness-related talk mm-hmm. um, that you and I could geek out on. But I want to kind of wrap this episode up with – I'm going to give just a couple of thoughts and then I'm going to pick your brain on just a couple more questions. But as a physician who is desperate for his patients to feel good and live a long time, I will never stop beating the drum of putting forth effort and energy into eliminating all excess visceral fat off your body. That is going to be something that I never stop pursuing. I also am never going to stop pursuing people pursuing the proper mindset Mm -hmm. and um, stress management. And making sure that people are stewarding the only body that they're giving and the only mind that they're given and the only soul that they're giving so that they can be the most impactful, most powerful and vibrant version of themselves possible. And so I love the idea of women weight training Mm -hmm. because I love the idea of humans weight training. Right. And women are at a tremendous disadvantage psychologically thinking about weight training because of the things that we've mentioned. We've got 10,000 years of documented human history where, you know, women didn't have a ton of advantages of Mm -hmm. being physically powerful. Mm -hmm. You know, they had other skill sets and Mm -hmm. other priorities I mean, the life expectancy prior to 1950 was four in the early 40s. At the turn of the century, it was like 30. So, like, you died. Yeah. Being a human used to be really hard. And so, how to be... Now we get into more modern era. Up until 1990, there had never been a study done on women's health outside of health-related issues as it pertains to pregnancy mm-hmm. ever. Yeah, uh, that's all these studies we're referencing are 2000s and above, honestly. 1992 was the Women's Health Initiative. Mm-hmm. And Jen and I did an episode on that. If you're a woman listening to this, you have got to listen to it. It's The history lesson there is profound and shocking. And we, we're not talking about yesteryear and our grandparents. We're talking about 92 is when the first real large-scale government-funded 
study was done on women's health and how it pertains to their longevity. Women were just kind of like the other human mm -hmm. for, for all of our, our existence up until recently. Mm -hmm. So you combine that with a genetic predisposition and a wiring that women don't tend to crave the physicality that men tend to innately. And it's not surprising to me. And then sprinkle in some uh, self-worth issues and some, you know, fear of not being enough and all of the complexity that women deal with as far mm -hmm. as image. Mm -hmm. And it's no wonder they're not going to go up in the gym and like lift. Oh, for sure. When I hear it all the time with our, our female clients or even just women I meet, you know, whether, whether it's just at the grocery store or traveling, whatever it is. I only had, they'll say, I only have 20 minutes. So I, I go get on the treadmill or I go for a quick run. And I'm, and I, my response to them is always, you should lunge around the block yeah. before you. It's better than being on the couch. It is Congratulations. better than being on the couch. It's great. But. Do 20 minutes of lunges. Yes. Oh my goodness. Game changer. That's work. That's work. That's right. And it's way more beneficial. Mm -hmm. So if women could hear one message from Dr. Wenzel, it is that. I can't think of one thing you could do with your physical body that would be more impactful to your health, well-being, and overall experience than figuring out what resistance weight-bearing type training means for you. Mm -hmm. And if you need a trainer, hire one. It's the if, best money you'll ever spend on yourself. Where else it are you going to spend your money and get – that's right. And More get that kind of a, of a return. This Never. is your temple. It is your temple. That's and it right. needs to be worked. And mm -hmm. if you don't know how to do it, hire someone. We always tell women, too, when they say that cost is an issue, is that the $150 dinner that you have twice a week isn't an issue. Right. So let's reroute some of that funding. Well, to you pay for it no matter what. <laughs> you pay right? for it no matter what. Well, That's you right. Know, eventually, you pay for it in your diabetes medicines, yep. your blood pressure, your Prozac. It mm -hmm. it. it it will come out in the wash. Mm -hmm. I certainly respect that everybody has a budget they have to honor. For sure. But there are trainers of all different statues. And you can uh, do some online training, too, from sure. really, really well-qualified people. You can self-study. You can self-study. There's a lot of really smart people with mm -hmm. all the right credentials mm -hmm. that are putting out incredible YouTube content where you could have kind of like a virtual trainer oh, for sure. to learn basic maneuvers, mm -hmm. positioning techniques. But just start where you are and just get moving towards it. But I, I'm deeply passionate about weight training. And uh, now that I know that it's such a, now I have such insight. It was a blind spot for me. I have mm -hmm. such insight now that women really struggle with this concept kind of across the board. It's, I couldn't be more, um, uh, I, I don't know how to be any louder about how important it is mm -hmm. with women. And I really appreciate you being on this episode as we kind of wrap up. Do you have any, what did I ask you that I didn't – is there anything that I didn't ask you? <laughs> um, goodness. I don't think so. Um, I think we talked about a lot of the research. Um, I would just reiterate what you just said, that it's, it's definitely more beneficial. Weight training is more beneficial. Long game. Mm -hmm. uh, and even short game, right? But if we think about our long longevity and, and long-term health effects, um, it packs more punch than dieting and cardio together. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Then both of those together. Yeah. Um, but if you can add diet on top of the oh, yeah, monumental change for sure. <clears throat> what are the two things you wish every woman knew 
that most don't about training? About training? About your world, about fitness. <laughs> I wish that they knew it's not as complicated as it seems. Love that. And not as many people are looking at you as you think they are in the gym. That's deep. It is. Mm -hmm. Um, No, people are there just to get their workouts in typically. Everybody else is insecure too. Everyone else is insecure (laughs) too. I'll tell you, I am most inspired in the gym by the woman I see that is probably a little heavier than she'd like to be, but Mm -hmm. she's there. Yep. She is showing up. And I mean, I'll add, can I add like a yeah, 2.5 to that? No, three. Here's number three. Um, number three would be is that uh, you're worth it. Mm-hmm. You're worth the time. You're worth the money. You're worth the space to to take care of yourself. Your short and long-term goals are worth it. They're all worth it. And you need your body to get you there. Yes. It's the only asset that you came into this world with that you will leave with. Hmm. It's the only gift you've been entrusted with. Mm-hmm. It's the only one. Yeah. There is nothing else on the planet that is 100% you've been entrusted with, that you are the only person that has control over. So we should probably take good care of it. It's it's not going anywhere. It's not going. Hopefully. Yeah, really. <laughs> um, for anybody who's listening to this who wants to know more about Brandy and kind of what you're up to um, and things that are interesting to you, how would somebody find out about that? Um, on social media, you can find me, uh, Instagram and, um, I don't do a ton of Twitter, but more Instagram at, uh, at B as in Brandy, B fit boss. And, or you can just search Brandy Binkley and, uh, Facebook Brandy Binkley, uh, Brandy Binkley.com. And that's Brandy with an I, mm-hmm. uh, Brandy Binkley.com or get physiofit.com. Love it. Lots of resources to get connected. This has been a real treat. Um, no surprise uh, to me, because we have these conversations often, but it's great to get you to spend some of your time putting all this out into the mm-hmm. the world. And, um, you know, I, I know that our female listeners will love um, this and um, look forward to getting some feedback. Thanks for having me. I'm yeah. honored to be here with you. Cool. Thanks. I want to thank you so much for your attention. Listen, I don't take it for granted. It means the absolute world to me. You can find out more about today's episode at brentwoodmd.com forward slash podcast. There you'll find the show notes, all the related links to this episode and tons of other resources. If you haven't already subscribed, please do so. And if you've already subscribed, then it would mean so much to me if you left a review. If you think we'd be a good fit to work together, or you would just simply like to know more about the concierge services that I provide my private clients, email us at membership at brentwoodmd.com. And now for the obligatory disclaimer. This podcast is for general information only and does not constitute the practice of medicine or the giving of medical advice as no doctor-patient relationship has been formed. The content of this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Users should seek the advice of their own medical professional providers.